USL Championship is the second division of professional soccer in the United States, and it's set to start the league season this weekend. There's a lot to look forward to this year. USL Champion side Sacramento Republic took MLS side Orlando City FC to the brink last year, but eventually fell in the U.S. Open Cup Final 3-0. And I think there's a lot of promising development going on within USL, within the lower divisions of soccer here in the U.S. Hey, everyone, this is Reb Brad. You're listening to the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. Today, I'm joined by several guests. Greg Eit with Memphis 901 FC. Kurt Trempert with Colorado Springs Switchbacks. Tate Medizma with New Mexico United. And Josh Bailey, who's developing some USL2 opportunities out in West Virginia. Each of these guys is a volunteer chaplain of Soccer Chaplains United and serving their teams in the USL, the United Soccer League. Chaplains are going to talk about their teams. There might be some friendly banter, and we're going to do a little bit of a season preview through chaplain eyes. We also have in this podcast our first head-to-head crosses with Rev. It's a little game I like to play with guests. This one's going to be between Greg Ott and Kurt Trempert. Should be a lot of fun. So stay tuned. We kick off right after this. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have. He has the hat trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner. Goes towards the near post. And you're in the angle, and what a goal! What a goal! Well, welcome today. I want to welcome a number of our USL champ chaplains, USL championship chaplains. That's a lot to say to the podcast. And I'm going to have them introduce themselves in the order that their teams finished last year and in sort of the ranking that their league is. So Greg Ott, Memphis 901FC, second place finish in the Eastern Conference. Let's start with you. You get two minutes. Uh, how long have you been with the club? What do you do outside of the chaplaincy? And maybe tell us a little bit about family or some curious factoid that no one else might know about you. Yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, we had a great season last season, Memphis 901 FC. Uh, went a couple rounds into the playoffs. It was our fourth season as a club. Uh, I've been with the club since the beginning as the chaplain there, and I have enjoyed it immensely. Um, the organization is just fun to be a part of. And uh, it's so much fun to, to be able to serve in this way. Uh, looking forward to this fifth season here. It's going to be the best yet. We're confident about that. A lot of returning players this year, which is a huge blessing to me uh, as I get to maintain those relationships and even build on those as I establish new relationships. Uh, I'm, I'm a pastor here in Memphis, Tennessee, a little bit outside of Memphis. And I've uh, been here with my wife and two kids, seven and five, Truett and Fiona. And uh, we just enjoy living here. Uh, I'll give you a quick fact about me. Um, I am probably about two or three times, depending on the day, I'm about two or three times better than Brad Kenny in disc golf. And that's just been an established fact or factoid, if you will. That's me. We we actually have statistics that prove that to be. Well, you know what? We got to settle this because in Colorado, I am the undisputed champion. Elsewhere, yeah, you might have a little bit of a, a role there. But all right, we'll move on. Kurt, why don't you introduce yourself since the switchbacks came in third place in the league standings last last year? 
Yeah, my name's Kurt uh, Trempert. I've been with the Switchbacks since 2015, the end of 2015, and uh, that was their first season. So been with them since the beginning. And uh, towards the end, Brad connected me with the Switchbacks. It was, uh, it's been an incredible privilege uh, to be with them through various changes and many coaches and, uh, and different scenarios, even different state, two different stadiums. And so super excited to uh, get into this next season. I've been, I'm also a pastor here in Colorado Springs. I've been here as a pastor for since 1999. So you do the math. And, uh, and I have three adult children, all married. I have three grandchildren. Um, and uh, just to actually two daughters and a son and two granddaughters and a grandson. So there you go. So that's uh, my current. uh, So I do have a gray beard and that is because I love being a grandpa. Um, So I've always aspired for that. Um, So just a kind of a, that's a little factoid about myself, I guess. Um, Yeah. I'm just love being part of the switchbacks. We, like I, like Brad said, we, Made it pretty deep into the playoffs, uh, the Western Conference final, and lost to the eventual champions and uh, of the league. And so, yeah. Anyway, just uh, yeah, it's been a it was a great season last year. But then because of that, all of our players got traded. Uh, coach got hired on an MLS team, and so now we are basically starting over starting over starting over oh thank you graybeard we'll get into that a little bit more and uh i i love that that's your new nickname is graybeard we're gonna i'm gonna change my email uh and texting um name for you but all right we'll move to tate tate uh welcome this is uh first time on the pod for you and uh tate tell a little bit about yourself your team yeah, thanks for the welcome. First time on the pod. Uh, also, my first season uh, here in Albuquerque, New Mexico with New Mexico United. So um, I'm, I'm new to New Mexico United as almost as uh, much as I'm new to the city of Albuquerque. So I, I moved here in, to Albuquerque about a year and a half ago. I, uh, I'm a pastor at a local church here and um, just excited to hit the ground going. Uh, I met the former chaplain who's a friend of mine and he was like, this would be good for you. So I trusted his judgment and this is, this is where we are. So i uh, excited to get the season going. We finished fifth last season and um, with, you know, some of the changes in the conference, we're hoping to move a little bit further up, maybe, maybe trade spots with Colorado Springs a little bit. I don't know, but we'll see. All right. we'll, we'll challenge Kurt just a little bit here. Um, but yeah, we made it to the playoffs. Um, not very far into the playoffs, lost in that first game. So the hope is to, you know, do bigger and better things with the team this year. Uh, this is the fifth year of New Mexico United's uh, existence as a USL team. And the city really, really loves them. Uh, we, we are starved for professional sports outside of USL, you know, so uh, it's it's the big thing. I think we actually have the second highest attendance in the conference by average. So it's it's huge anywhere you go. Uh, people have their United stickers on their car and uh, are ready for games. So yeah, uh, I live here with my wife, my wife, four kids, um, and I think one thing you wouldn't know about me by looking at me is I grew up in Zimbabwe, Africa. Uh, moved to the United States when I was nineteen. So soccer um, is a part of. Uh, the culture where I'm from. And it's exciting to continue that here. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Tate. And yes, I've been cut off on I-25 by some of those New Mexico United cars bearing stickers. Um, Even though I have no discernible uh, 
I don't have any rapid stuff or, or anything on my car yet. Just my Manchester United devil. Um, anyway, uh, Josh Bailey, we'll switch over to you, Josh. Uh, you're one of our new members as well on the soccer chaplains United share a little bit about yourself and, and your team. Yeah, it's great to be with you guys. Um, I'm excited about uh, getting started with soccer chaplains United. Uh, there's a, USL two team here in the Charleston area. I'm, I live right outside Charleston, West Virginia, the capital city. Um, I pastor a church and um, just looking for opportunities to serve the um, possibly this summer with the USL team, West Virginia United, but also just the greater soccer community. They've had a lot of success at the division two and division one levels around here. And it's just really growing the excitement and um, just having some connections there. I've, was really intrigued about uh, joining Soccer Chaplains United. And so um, I'm really looking forward to um, hopefully making some headway into getting to know the, the players and, and the coaches and the owners in the, in the upcoming weeks ahead. They've had a good season last year. And so there's been a lot of excitement, um, even just ha having the condensed season here um, for people supporting the team. Thanks. Thanks, Josh. And now uh, tell us a factoid about yourself, like something we wouldn't normally know. Um, well, I've, I've been a pastor for five years, but before that I taught school for, for 15 years and, um, and ha have coached um, basketball and, and soccer. So maybe that's something interesting. All right. All right. Yeah, appreciate that. Well, soccer is blowing up everywhere, and I can tell you that I've not been to a New Mexico United match, uh, but I've seen the environment, uh, heard about it, and it's just amazing how even a place like Charleston, West Virginia, right, their soccer is just kind of blowing up still, and kind of there's a steady growth to it. But guys, let's jump into last season for your teams, and um, you guys shared a little bit, gave us a little bit of a taste on where, where your teams finished and landed out. But if you were to look back on last season, and certainly maybe you didn't achieve what you wanted to or didn't finish where you wanted to, but give us a highlight. What was something last year that happened uh, with the club, with the team, something that maybe you were even part of that you felt like was something special that you could take away. Greg, what, what's that for you with Memphis 901 FC? Is there, is there anything that comes to mind? Uh, I mean, we had some great win streaks in there. We had some big wins against some uh, rival opponents like Birmingham or Louisville. Um, but I really think uh, the special part of last season was, was the culture of the club. There were just a good group of guys that got along, that clicked well, uh, that carried each other through tough times that were willing to encourage um, we're willing to include. And when you're a part of something like that, um, when you see something like that, it's, it's a special thing. Uh, so I was just delighted to be a chaplain in, in the midst of that. It made it so easy. Uh, these guys wanted to be around each other. Um, they wanted to encourage each other. They wanted to think hard about what life uh, struggles they had or what successes they wanted to share. And so I got to uh, encourage them and even help them encourage one another in some cool ways with artwork and uh, gifts. And uh, th that's something special to be a part of for sure. Greg, you, you, this year. Greg, you are known as uh, the freeze pop chaplain. Is that, is that right? Is that kind of your nickname there? <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, you could say that. Uh, tell, tell us a story about becoming the freeze pop chaplain. 
Uh, yeah, so, you know, Memphis here in the summer, especially in July and August, just brutal heat. I mean, it's it's just cooking because the humidity is so intense. Um, and so, uh, you know, back even in the first season, I have a friend who does industrial sales, and he um, has these uh, freeze pops in his freezer called squinchers. They have electrolytes in them, and they're pretty tasty. And I just thought, man, it'd be it'd be awesome to take these out to training one day. So I checked in with the coach, with the nutritionist, and they were like, yeah, bring them on out. And uh, that just started it off. So uh, guys already this season have been asking for them on 45 degree training days. Oh, my gosh. No, no, no. <laughs> You gotta, it's gotta hit 80 degrees at least, uh, before those come out. Oh, so, oh, so there is a standard. There is a standard. Yeah, I usually say 80 degrees. It has to be an 80 degree train at time of training and hundred percent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, it, was, so. it was funny, Greg, I was walking in with some rapids too. That's, that's sort of MLS's, uh, MLS next pro third division. I was walking in with some of the guys and they're like, I was like, they were, what do you do? And I'm like, yeah, lead up other chaplains. And they're, oh yeah. So what about Kevin? Yeah. I oversee Kevin a little bit and they're like, I was like, how's he doing by the way? And he's like, well, last year he brought us these, these pops, these freeze pops. They were great. You know, we, as I was like, your idea has caught on there with some is. others. So well is. done That's to you. Well soccer done. world. Yeah. 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 Pretty soon we're going to take over the soccer world with our freeze pops. We, we should brand them like soccer challenge, United freeze pops there or something. Yep. Kurt, um, transitioning to you in Colorado Springs. Um, you guys, a couple years ago, got a new stadium. Uh, you got a nice little light display show that goes on when goals are scored in other moments. But uh, share a little bit about what the evolution of the Colorado Springs Spring Switchbacks has been and what that meant for, I mean, last year just losing out to the eventual champs. Um, w w what's it been like for you to see the club go through the evolution it has? Yeah, you know, the club has just really kind of turned a corner in many ways in becoming a really a, a full professional organization i think um you know when they first started they were meeting they were playing out on the east side of town in a um in a temporary stadium if you would they had temporary locker rooms temporary uh offices everything on the on the grounds um and they would practice there about half the time it was a grass field and then they would practice out um on some turf fields out on the even further east of town um yeah i i've i've been there i've been there before for a few games and let me tell you when those storms roll over the mountain and pike's peak and you see him coming and you see the lightning and they're just like everyone please go to your car you know you just yeah. you know you're in trouble so uh but yeah. i imagine that doesn't happen as much at the new the new stadium well, it does. Well, actually, you still have to exit the stadium, you know, for thunderstorms. And Colorado is known for thunderstorms. The big issue is, is that the advantage is being downtown is you don't, we don't get as many thunderstorms right downtown as out east, you know, that kind of thing. But the bigger issue is just kind of the, I never, I was totally unexpecting the fortress mentality um that yeah. you know this is our home this is our fortress we protect it and guard it at all costs even when new, you know like especially when new mexico united comes to town um but <laughs> this, this this yeah it's just this kind of fortress 
Um, yeah, there's a great front office and the front office staff uh, kind of serves as gatekeepers. And then you have all these different doors to go through to get into where players are. And that was just so unlike what it was before when it was out at the other stadium. Um, and so now we have a stadium downtown. Parking's even difficult. Uh, you know, access into the building is difficult. You have to have passes and everything else. And during COVID, obviously, you can imagine um, all the fortress that I was totally unprepared for. Sure. Um, I was expecting to have the same freedom as before. And so it's just kind of an interesting dynamic. And then various coaches and different philosophies related to both Chaplin as well, well as um roles that we should have that i should have um with the players um but you know the ownership has always been an amazing resource for us and opening doors uh for soccer chaplains with the players and the, and the team and yeah, the front office and the stadium staff kurt was last year's finish was that the best finish for you guys oh ever? yeah by far by far okay. yeah. yeah i mean back when the you know when uh the switchbacks first joined the league you know we made it pretty far but it wasn't um but yeah we did it wasn't uh the same level of um i think we made it might have ended up we didn't make it to the final we made it to conference semi i mean the western semifinal i think the first or second year but that was about as far before. You know, it, it's so different when you're meeting in a trailer, uh, a temporary trailer for a locker room versus having your own your own place that you can call home and just kind of rest in. Like it just makes such a difference for those for those guys and the professionalism. I mean, I've seen it observing it over the years. The professionalism has just increased year over year. And I know the Rapids and, and switch it backs have been associated. So that's you know, whether that helped or hindered, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm sure that there were some practices learned and some ways that switchbacks grew out of that. But it was it was great to see you guys finish as well as you did last year, Kurt. And uh, um, but I don't want to give away. I, I have a little bit of my heart for all of you, including New Mexico United, even though I get cut <laughs> off on I-25. So, Tate, <laughs> tell us a little bit more about last season for United. And, uh, yeah, how was it for you? Were you were you in the stands? Did you go to many games? Like, what was the, the game like for you last year? Not many games last year. Uh, my, my kids ask me all the time to go to games and it just didn't balance out. But I think in, in watching, I got to watch uh, – a couple games here and there because I was like, I'm here. I need to know about this team. Uh, and, and just looking at the history of the team, uh, last year is was our best showing in the USL uh, in the four seasons that uh, we've been in. So only hoping for bigger and better things. Uh, the stadium is a lot of fun. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're, you're not kind of overlooking the mountains, but you've got like a view of the mountains. We share it with uh, the minor league baseball team in town. So uh, it, it's really well set up for, crowd noise um in three quarters of the stadiums and 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 when it's packed which is most of the time uh it's, it's just it's just hopping so uh i think i think the most fun for me when i think of uh united is we have two closest rivals as we go up uh i-25 to colorado springs then down i-25 to el paso uh those those are i think are the the, the games that attract the the biggest following and again like i said earlier we just we just don't have a lot of pro sports going on here, so that's what uh, the community has kind of uh, hung on to and um, defend as their own. So, just looking into this season, I think uh, 
we're excited for the second season uh, uh, of our, our coach's second season, uh, you know, having taken over from the original coach. So, uh, you know, going up those rankings and uh, just adding that excitement to to the city uh, and packing out the stands, I think it'll be packed out most to all of the season. The great thing about Albuquerque is we have great weather most of the time. Uh, when I was interviewing for my job here, it's someone said we have 300 days of sunshine. And then the next person was like 310. I think it got up to like 330, but <laughs> I've noticed that. So people want to go out and they want to do something and they want to show their support. So uh, I think, I think that's, that's what I'm looking forward to most uh, this season. Yeah, it's great as well because I've seen a lot of Rapids and former Switchbacks guys, they kind of just travel down I-25 down to you guys and, and become part of the team and part of the culture. And so there still feels this proximity and this closeness. And so I've uh, a special place in my heart for United uh, just just because a lot, of, uh, a lot of guys from Colorado end up there. And um, I think, too, United's kind of been unique in that they've never really had a formalized affiliation. Uh, sometimes that happened in the earlier years of in, in the league where they would affiliate with an MLS club and have a lot of transfers. And I don't think United ever had anything really formal. They would, of course, get players in from other other teams and clubs. But, um, you know, sometimes it was it was interesting to see, are these clubs going to make it the independent clubs, so to speak? And United, the, the, the town, as you said, ABQ has, has really come around uh, them and adopted them and and it's really become a, a rally point and it, it's kind of cool to see so um josh bailey we'll switch over to you and uh tell us a little bit you said west virginia united best year last year kind of where did they finish in usl2 and and kind of what do they look like in terms of being in and around charleston and town like have do they get a strong following what, what are things like for them yeah there's been a really strong following and there's a lot of excitement. Um, the University of Charleston and Marshall both have won national championships within the last five years. And so that built a lot of excitement. And then the USL team last year in their division finished second, they were nine and three. And so people really came out and got behind them and and then they made the playoffs, um, lost in the round of 16, but that was impressive for you know, a place like West Virginia, the only USL team and, and making a run like that. And the crowd that traveled to go watch the games was was really neat. There's uh, a, a lot of support for them and people, uh, I, I think, really like it, too, because it's the summertime. It's a condensed schedule. So you get 14 games and, and, and it's at a high level, really good players. Josh, you guys uh, decided or United decided to cancel their season 2020, which a lot of USL2 clubs did just because we were right in the throes of the pandemic. How has it felt like them coming out and emerging 2021, 2022, trying to rebuild brand, rebuild the team? What what has that had a, a look like in the community? How have you noticed that? Yeah, it was almost like there was a... Um a rebirth there people were just so excited to have it that um they they've they've really gotten behind the team and the team and the ownership i guess you would say has done a good job of marketing uh, and family passes and marketing the games and it's become sort of an event there and 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 so that was something that people really got into i think it was missed honestly and and so now to have it back, people aren't taking it for granted. And plus, again, the product has been been good, and that always helps too. 
You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the family orientation. Sometimes I see, I feel like uh, professional soccer in the U.S. kind of uh, leans towards one direction or another. It it leans towards, hey, let's let's get families in here. Let's let's really attract youth, and this will be our fan base. And then others have more like a downtown culture, and uh, let's appeal to the uh, the sports fan, the the one that's got some discretionary income, and. Um, and some of those things. So you're you're kind of suggesting uh, United there, West Virginia United is is a little bit more oriented towards towards families, just the environment. Yeah, I think that's what they've really tried to uh, to market is is that you know this is it's affordable and it's open and it's it's good soccer. Come out and and watch. But again, you do have a lot of the the really passionate soccer fans that come out and support and are knowledgeable too. Nice, nice. I, you know, Greg, one of the things I love about Memphis has been their theme, defend Memphis. So, Greg, as we transition, kind of take a look at this year, um, it's interesting to me. I want to look at the USL, like, like every league team, they, they rank where teams uh, kind of are starting out. And, Greg, even in spite of Memphis's finish, um, amongst the 27 or teams or so you guys are, are starting 19 in the preseason polls so a little bit of the work done the finish that happened last year there's been a little bit of a reversion can you speak to that a little bit are what's memphis going to have to defend this year just in terms of, of of coming back into 2023 and what do you guys have to prove yeah it's it's a lot of baloney i'll say that at memphis is um not finishing 19th in the league uh there's just no way and um in fact one uh statistician and analyst on twitter just gave memphis a hundred percent probability of reaching the postseason um and uh i really think that's um a high probability we've got a lot of returning players um you know we've got a a forward who scored more goals than anybody regular season postseason last year um, and we've got a good core that's coming back, uh, great new coaching staff that's going to lead them. I think defending this year is going to be defending that culture, like I talked about, uh, defending the culture of looking out for each other, encouraging each other, uh, defending their honor, defending uh, their families, defending the city. So um, there's a lot to defend. There's a lot good to defend. And the one thing you don't want to do is give Memphis a chip on their shoulder. Uh, we Memphians know how to handle that well so uh we we kind of we, we'd love to be 19th going into the season because we're not going to be 19th coming out that's for sure wow wow bold bold statement there uh but i i somehow believe you a little bit there uh tate you guys at united you're coming in at 13 they're talking about there's a little bit of a, a, a addition to the squad but um what what are you thinking what are you hoping for this year do you guys Again, 13th is in the league. They're kind of taking both the East and West here. So mm-hmm. where do you think United end up? Um, I think, I, I think as I think about it, the big thing in my mind is the idea of cohesion. So, you know, the first year under a new head coach, you, you're still trying to figure out how to play and what he wants you to do, even though he'd been on staff, uh, you know, leading changes things. So, so I think year two, uh, is, uh, not boom or bust necessarily, but I, I think we're going to see a lot of good improvement because guys, uh, understand their role a little bit more. Um, the team hasn't changed 
drastically uh, over the offseason. So you're going to have guys coming in that understand how to play, that have played together before. So uh, I don't know that 13th is fair. I'm hoping I'm hoping uh, somewhere in the top eight would would be would be awesome. You know, moving up from that fifth in the Western Conference uh, to third, uh, second or third would would be amazing. I think there are some returning teams that look really, really good. And then there's some that just don't have the same stability that we do. So uh, going in with stability, I, I think is exciting. And uh, just, just hoping that they can build on where they left off last year. And if we keep doing what New Mexico United has done over the last uh, four or five seasons uh, or four seasons, um, we'll be better this year than we've been uh, in the past four. So, yeah. Yeah. And how important is the 12th man, right, for United in that your fan base is just that vocalized support at home where um, mm-hmm. you guys really, really have an advantage, I think, over visiting teams for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, switchbacks, you guys come in at 11. So of our chaplains on the pod, um, you guys are the highest, Kurt. And uh, again, you have Fortress, you have a home place, you great finish last year and and you guys have uh actually lost out to a couple of the western conference and eventual champions in oc uh, orange county and and san antonio so is this the year kurt for switchbacks to kind of be that western conference champ and playing in a championship final (laughs) you know it's always that's the dream every single season right and with professional sports is always to end up on top and really the proof only happens when the games are played that's the only way you know and there's always a lot of hope there's a lot of anticipation um you know and this year is no different than every other year um although this year i would say because of how close we came last year and winning a home playoff game and just the excitement that went with that that was an amazing uh game <laughs> interesting thing about that i was sitting at that game with a broken back and broken rib and a concussion that I didn't know I had um, only to be miserable that night. But anyway, all that to say it was, yeah, that's what happens when you're old, but it was just, it just incredible excitement. And then just this transition to this year with all the players um, that have been traded, I, you know, they're, they're quite a, there's a good core um, that's left from last year. Um, but having a new coach, although he was, again, he was on staff and moving into that. Um, everybody's kind of in an interesting mode of we want to see, we want to know what's happening and uh, how things are going to play out. Um, and But the whole city is just definitely excited. We have our, our slogan is my city, my team. And it's this idea that this is our team here in Cara Springs and Cara Springs always has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder because of Denver just being up the road and the Rapids being up the road. So it's this idea of, you know, this is our city. This is our team. Um, The Rapids are not our team. Um, And so just kind of that has been an interesting dynamic as we've gotten our new stadium and being the most electric event center in Colorado, you know, that's their desire. And so it's just pretty cool to be a part of all that. And then just have the opportunity to celebrate the wins and, and more, we've had our share of wallowing in the losses, if you would. Um, And we've had, you know, we've been a bottom dweller for a long time. So to be in this stage where we're in 
you know, the top 10, you know, top 15 teams in the in the league and considered as such is, you know, pretty, pretty good honor and well, well deserved after last season. That's for sure. Yeah. For our podcast listeners, I, I can definitely say this as an MLS chaplain that USL championship is nothing to smirk at because there is some great competition. There's some great players and teams and clubs and cultures. In fact, I have uh, in my hand the uh, the Rapids lost in the U.S. Open Cup 1999 to the Rochester Rhinos. So it's still a little bit of a sting and stain on our on our record because even last year, uh, Sacramento Republic going up against Orlando in the in the Open Cup and just creating great drama. And so I, I don't think our second tier of pro soccer is anything to uh, to blink at or or wink or nod at because it is really um, class act. And and for some of the smaller cities and places where these clubs are, are existing, uh, it's a great environment for fans. And so I, I just appreciate that about USL Championship and I've enjoyed the games that I've gone to and sort of the culture that there's still a little bit of a, a, a newer kind of different thing that's going on there. But uh, I, I enjoy it as well and can say definitively, um, yes, it's something to, to think about, see and support. So, well, guys, thanks for uh, giving us a little bit of a breakdown and preview as we go through those rankings. I do think it holds true that uh, uh, where you start this year and, and in this season isn't necessarily going to be how it how it ends up uh josh i want to transition to you just a little bit because usl league two is a little different in terms of its makeup and who comes in to form the squad for for your kind of a team uh talk a little bit about i mean usl2 if our fans don't know podcast listeners don't know essentially you condense a large number of games into two and a half seasons these are usually college players, amateur, like they don't have professional, they're not professionally paid, but they do receive maybe some housing, stipend, other things. Um, where did you guys finish last year, Josh, uh, for United? And uh, where are you guys thinking you're going to finish this year? Yeah, we were second in the South Atlantic division. Um, one nine, lost three and tied two. And then made it to the round of 16 in the USL playoffs, which was, which was good. They were talented. Milo Youssef was one of the top players that played at Marshall. And he's actually moved on now. He's with the USL championship team in Tulsa. So he, you know, so there was good talent there. You know, he'll be tough to replace. I think they're still um, putting the roster together. They had a, another little tryout um, about a week ago. And so they're still getting the team together. I, um, I think the build on that, um, something similar to build would be impressive. And, and the people now are excited to see if they can advance in the playoffs. It, it was fun. And it was neat to see a few hundred people who traveled to North Carolina and the places to, for the playoffs. So you condense a whole season and playoffs into two, two and a half, three months, May, May to July, really, you're, you're trying to yeah. get all in all this. Is that, is, uh, yeah, that correct. just seems like a lot to me. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it's fast moving. It is. They, they hit the ground running. So, yeah, May will kick off. And then I think it's about the mid-July uh, to the third week of July. It'll, it'll pretty much be wrapped up. And do you guys get a lot of college uh, students uh, coming out to games as well as the families are? Yeah, definitely. They, they do like to come out and with 
quite a few local teams within a, a half hour driving to 45 minute driving distance there. They do come out and support and a lot of the travel teams and, and rec league teams also. Nice. Nice. Well, great, Josh. We'll, we'll look forward to hearing more about West Virginia United and getting to uh, know USL League 2. I, I don't think currently there is much uh, chaplaincy and support in USL League 2. That's something that we as Soccer Chaplains United, we want to we want to grow into wherever we can. And, and some of it is, uh, you know, the teams come and go a little bit just with, with where they're at and some of the demands, but um, there's a great pathway there uh, in football and in soccer. And uh, it's neat to see some of these younger guys move on into other places in the game and, and move into USL championship and other places where they can grow more as, as athletes and as people. So that's part of our, our hope and vision to continue growing um usl championship guys uh there's another aspect and element kind of growing within your league and that is the academy setup so uh maybe speak to a little bit uh let's start with you tate and i know new mexico united's academy has has been growing for a couple years now um how much does that impact uh the work with the first team and and what's going on with the club how much is that in the purview of people uh that are fans of new mexico united or or just part of the club are they seeing these academy prospects uh what do you what do you see in that yeah so again uh, i'm i'm getting to learn that but i think uh to touch on a little thing that you said earlier, you know, we don't have an affiliation with an MLS MLS team. So we're pretty self-sustained as a club. So being able to bring in talent from our uh, academy that can grow with the club to maybe uh, potentially be first teamers is, is a huge asset to have. And again, we're, we're a community team, right? That's what the owner drives is being part of the community. So uh, just people being able to recognize that happening is important. We actually have one player, the, we have one player on the first team that signed a professional contract um, that is an Albuquerque native. And he's on post, he's on billboards all over the city uh, as one of our own, um, you know, our motto or the, the team motto is like, uh, we are united. So not just talking about the team, but talking about the whole city. So just being able to like push that out front. So uh, I, yeah, so the academy is big, is huge into uh, how we want to be as a team. Uh, I think I, from my knowledge of the academy, based on people that I know who have kids that play there, they're pretty competitive and uh, they have some good kids coming, uh, coming through that. But it's just, uh, yeah, it, it really does help the uh, the first team be supported by the community when they can see kids that have grown up here uh, thriving and also having opportunities to kind of promote up. So, uh, yeah, I think that's that's what it looks like with United's Academy here. Nice, nice. Kurt, what about you guys and switchbacks? Uh, I know there's been some affiliations in the past with different clubs in the Springs. And w- where are you guys seeing your younger players? Are they coming up through an academy system? How's how's that been? Um, recently it's, we've, they've been taking advantage of the relationship the coaching staff had with, uh, Philadelphia and their Academy because the coach came from their system. Um, and so a lot of our players, uh, came through the Philadelphia Academy system. And then we also, because of the Rapids being just up the road, it's just a natural, um, 
we have had an affiliation official affiliation with the rapids in the past uh currently we do not have that affiliation we're completely independent at this point so um and so the switchbacks um have taken advantage of that by taking buying players on loan or getting players on loan from uh rapids too primarily so it was fun to connect with kevin and just kind of find out all the different you know how how guys that have played for the switchbacks and then also uh play for the rapids two team so having the us uh, the mls having their own like second team uh league uh, greatly impacted the number of players that we were getting that were young um, coming out of that. So uh, most of our players, uh, a lot of international players too. We have a ton of um, international players from Africa, um, one from uh, Central America and uh, just different places, but a lot from Africa. We tend to, that seems to be our inroad. Uh, for whatever reason, I'm not sure if that's because of Philadelphia or just different agents that have connected with the club over the years that have the kind of an African pipeline from young team, young players coming out of Africa. Nice, nice. Uh, Greg in Memphis, what uh, what's Memphis Academy or where are you guys getting your younger players from? Yeah, that's something we've uh, tried to develop, you know, as we uh, had our first season in 2019 that was something they looked to develop into 2020 and that was kind of shut down by covid and so they've kind of been uh, a step behind on that we haven't had any homegrown players uh haven't signed any memphians um so far and like tate said i mean that's a huge deal on the moment we can do that um so i've seen a big push among the organizational leadership to uh develop that develop those relationships with local clubs uh, develop that relationship with local uh, schools and uh, be able to to bring in a uh, more sustainable, more structured academy system. Right now, we just have a few academy guys that are training with the first team uh, and help out there. And and uh, perhaps we'll get a shot sometime down the road in the season. Um, but uh, but that's something to develop. It means a lot uh, to a city, to a club when you have that. For sure. For sure. I, I was going to say, you know, for our listeners and, and those that follow and support Soccer Chaplains United, for us as chaplains, you know, some of the some of the work we're doing with athletes and coaches especially comes in important at the academy level. Like just think about the pressure of your son or daughter, if they're in their teenage years, being on a billboard in the city. Right. Like now all of a sudden there's this there's this exposure, this pressure. I, I've often heard it said amongst the academy products that you're only as good as the next team that buys your contract. So, you know, we, we all can find local talent. We can uh, cultivate it. We can encourage it. We can support it. But then it's really that next club that says, hey, we want that academy product. It's, it's them valuing you. Uh, that's, that's when you know that maybe you've made it into the pro game uh, because, you know, there's always sort of the, the sense of home. Um, but then too, it's a challenge to leave home. And I've, I've seen Academy products go overseas uh, and, and do well. And I've seen them not do well or struggle uh, because they're in such a different environment. And so for some of you listening, as you try and understand our chaplaincy and support and work, it, it often is not just for the first team athletes and coaches in that locker room. 
it extends down into other aspects of the club, including the academy. And uh, this becomes an important work for us. And, and Josh, I imagine for you um, and, and United, West Virginia United, there's a lot of collegiate athletes. Like there's a lot of turnover potentially that happens every year with that, that team. Yeah, that's one of the exciting parts is that you see lots of new guys, but then oftentimes, though, there's, there is quite a bit of turnover. I would say more than three-fourths of the roster turns over each year. And there are guys that are back for numerous years through their um, college experience, um, some in the local Mountain East Conference and some in some Division threes and others around the Roanoke, Virginia, or some of those areas that will come back and play. I, I love working with younger players, uh, especially I recall back to some of my earlier Rapids days. I would take guys for a, a meal at Chipotle and I'd be like, get whatever you want. And this one guy, he would order two burritos. And I thought, oh, he's ordering for dinner. And actually he would eat both of them at, at in one sitting. I was like, oh my gosh, like this guy just is consuming the calories. But uh, it's just amazing sometimes the younger player, the younger person, the person in these academy systems – they're really hungry. They're hungry for the game. They're hungry for uh, th- th- those sort of relationships that, that sometimes a chaplain can bring as sort of an older brother or in, in my case, or, or now I'm becoming more like father or, you know, Graybeard over there is, is, is grandfather, maybe to some of the academy products, yeah. but, but it really gives us an opportunity as men uh, with men to, to kind of speak into their lives in a different way, to encourage them, support them. And, and they're really, they're really open to many of those things I find in, in those times. Have you guys found that as well too, just in your work with the younger players and the teams? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for sure. Reaching out to them, they, they need it. Um, and they are the last people to reach out oftentimes because uh, they believe they need to have this, this self-sustainability, this independence, this I'm good, I'm good. I mean, and that's the culture of, of sport. And uh, being a rookie, being a young guy, um, you don't get to complain. And so uh, they're oftentimes the ones that need it the most, but the ones that ask for it the least and, and uh, reach out to them is, is huge. Yeah, I, I, totally I yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead. No, I'm just saying I totally agree um, with what Greg's saying. There, there's, there's this, this kind of a false ego, I guess, uh, where – they they kind of puff their chest out a little bit. Like I don't I I don't need that. They don't want to see be seen as needing the help of the chaplain for anything. But you can totally tell in just five minutes of talking with them that man they're struggling with all kinds of questions about identity, about um, whether they're good enough, whether they're whether they're in the right place, whether they should thinking they should be better, what they should be on a higher level. They got all these things going through their brain. And, you know, most of them have been told their entire lives that they're amazing, that they're awesome, that they're the best. And now they're a lot of times they're in the U they're confronted with the reality that they're not the best player anymore. And they're not getting the minutes that they think they should deserve. Yeah. And that, that becomes a great opportunity for us to come alongside of them and, and help them uh, learn some tools, uh, figure some things out, lean into their faith if faith is is something that's been part of their story, or just compassionately care for them in in many ways. That becomes a great opportunity for us. And um, it, it's interesting. One of the one of our other chaplains at a lower lower division side told me he goes, you know, I 
I thought it might be cool to be an MLS chaplain one day, but, but he thought, you know, the guys are so open at the place where I'm at and, and I can invite them into my home and uh, we can do a barbecue. We can play games, watch world cup together, do different things. And it's totally different because um, they're no one, they are nobody and, and they don't have anything. And they, they kind of know it, even though they have to put out this, this image uh, to others that they've got it all together. And, and I can just be there for them and with them in the midst of that. And I think uh, that's a really sweet space sometimes to, to be ministering to, uh, to these younger, younger folks as they take on the game. Well, guys, thank you so much for, uh, for giving us a little bit of your thoughts and a little bit of a preview. We're going to transition now into a game I call crosses with rev. And uh, this is right before we're uh, wrapping up our show for today. And I thought, you know, this is a game I started playing uh, maybe a year, two years ago. And I started to invite guests on the pod to play this game. So I was looking back through my records, and I have not played this game with Kurt or Greg. And um, I'm thinking that because Greg is younger and because his team finished second in the East and, Kurt, you guys finished third in the West, I'm going to give Greg – the uh, opportunity to go first. So Kurt, this is going to play to your advantage. You'll, you'll get a little taste of the game. You'll be able to see it in action. Greg being a little younger and sharper of mind, maybe he'll be able to uh, maybe get through this. Um, So here's the game crosses with Rev. We've all seen it. If we've been out on the pitch end of a training session, guys are serving balls in and trying to do their one one touch one hit into the goal right like they're trying to score so uh in this game there's two types of questions there's an either or so it's like a true or false or a short answer the entire goal of this game is to answer as many questions faithfully truthfully of course being chaplains i'll remind you uh, but to answer as many as you can in one minute okay so I might ask a question. There's going to be some questions in here that are soccer related and some that are related into your personal story. And they might be kind of a question of a preference. And you're just, again, it's a gut reaction. You want to answer as quickly as you can. I've got a list of about 20 or so questions to, to go through. Uh, you might stumble on one and you might go pass. You can do that. You don't get any points for it. And um, yeah. Uh, any, any questions around, around how this game is played or what, it, Greg, I see you, you're ready. I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready uh, to go. Wow. Cross it in. All right. So Greg's going to go first. So I'll have uh, the rest of you guys on mute. Greg, I've got a timer here. The uh, timer will start after I've asked the first question. And um, again, we'll just try and get in, in as many of these as we can. If, if I'm still asking the question before the one minute mark, I'll finish the question and you get to an answer it. So it goes a little, you know, there's a little bit of extra time there for you. Okay. Uh, but I have to, I have to start that question before the one minute. All right. Do you need mm-hmm. a warm up or are you ready? Uh, I'm good. I'm always ready. You want to give a stretch or no, you're good. Oh, all right. Next stretch. Yeah. All right. Good. Here we go. First question. Left footed or right footed? Right footed. My favorite EPL team is? Tottenham Hotspur. Dribble pass or shoot? Shoot. Call or text? Text. Rowan or Trinity? 
Rowan. Innova or Discraft? Discraft. St. Patrick or St. Martin? St. Patrick. New Jersey or Memphis? New Jersey. My favorite post-game meal is? Wings. Corky's or Central? Central. John Knox or John Calvin? John Calvin. EPC or 901 FC? 901 FC. Kasparov or Carlson? Carlson. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Soccer or disc golf? Soccer. My favorite comedian is? Nate Bargatze. Mike or Brad? Mike. Fork or skewer? Skewer. <laughs> skewer. All right. That was fun. Let me uh, let me add up your points there, Kurt. This will this will help you know what you got to beat. I don't know if I know the answers to some of these Presbyterian questions. Oh, oh. <laughs> your <laughs> questions will be different. Ooh, Greg, twenty four points, and I think Ben Dudley still owns the chaplain side of things. He, I think he got twenty five in the most recent podcast, but Kurt. Wow. You have a chance. Uh, you got to beat 24, um, 24 points. You, you got a good sense of what's what's happening here? Yeah, just give an answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it better be a good answer, right? Well, I'll try to be as truthful and honest as possible. Oh, let me let me check the leaderboard here just so you have yeah, Dudley had 25. So Dudley's leading the chaplains. Lori Kruger, when she was on, had 23. So uh, that's that's your encouragement here, and um, we will uh, we'll get. Do you need a warm up, Kurt? Are you ready? I'm ready. I think I'm ready. All right, here we go. Left footed or right footed? Right. My favorite EPL team is. Fulham. Dribble pass or shoot. Dribble. Call or text? Text. Missionary or alliance? <laughs> alliance. Coach or play? Coach. Toka Falls or Simpson? Simpson. Keto or Colorado Springs? Keto. My favorite postgame meal is? Pizza. Switchback Stadium or Widener Field? <laughs> Switchback Stadium. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Verbo or Airbnb? Airbnb. Bologna de Verde or pancakes? Pancakes. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Go to goal or go home? Goal. My favorite comedian is? Kevin James. A.W. Tozer or A.B. Simpson? Simpson. That's it. All right. Uh... You fell short by yeah. one one question. So twenty three is your is your uh, total score. Not bad though for Graybeard. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you get old, you get slower. I I know. I was good. Uh, the other one I was going to ask you was John Wesley or William Boardman. <laughs> Don't you know who William Boardman is? <laughs> oh, he was the Keswickian founder. Uh, he started like his book kind of was the uh, impetus for Christian Missionary Alliance and other other denominational churches in your vein. 
See, I well, yeah. see, you're making the assumption that we're a holiness movement and we're not. Well, but they were <laughs> influenced by Boardman's book. Uh, yeah, you you Brad, would have had a one. great great answer I, anyway. I got one for you then. Ready? Seven or nothing. <laughs> Hey, we're, we're supposed to be seven. We're supposed to be seven bumper stickers. Red Devil bumper stickers. Is that what you said, or or nothing, or zero bumper stickers? I can't remember. You know, this is not crosses with Greg. This is crosses <laughs> with Rev. That was a crazy clear. <laughs> guys, guys. Hey, when you have when you're in the running for so many trophies, you sometimes just need to take the foot off the gas for <laughs> one game. That wasn't the right game to do it, but it was the game they did it. So. I have to remind everybody that Manchester United has a warehouse full of trophies and they have to recycle. They have to like, they, they're on a system. They have to rotate the trophies into their little, uh, their little museum because there's not enough space. So if your Tottenham Hotspurs can do that or your Fulham, whatever they are, can do that. Um, you, you, you can talk then. So it's all right. Hey, I'm, I'm a Bundesliga guy anyway. I don't even care about the EPL. Well, I'm so who's your favorite Bundesliga team? Bayern. Bayern. All right. That's fair. Not Champions Leagues. Well, yeah. It's or okay. Trebles. It's okay. It's okay, Kurt. Kurt, did you play did you play growing up in Ecuador? Did you play a lot? Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. We know Tate, you played in Zimbabwe, eh? Mm-hmm. I did. What and, position uh, were you, Tate? Uh, I played central midfield mostly ten slash eight, depending oh. on what we look at these modern players as. I was most disappointed in Greg's answer of favorite EPL team, so we'll just leave that at that. Yeah, well, Tate, we will get a chance to learn yours here soon. Uh, for I, I kind of wish our podcast was a, a video cast because Tate, I love your hair. Um, oh, I don't think I could pull it off, but I I love it, and uh, I'm just excited to have you joining Soccer Chaplains United. I I think though, Tate, you're joining at a time in which um, our our chaplain age uh, department is a little older, and um, I don't. I mean, I could probably get out and play 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't think I could play much more, and I would probably be playing in goal and break something. So um, yeah, we'll have to see. Kurt, what remind me? You were a forward, weren't you? Actually, I played everything except goal. So I honestly are you, are you saying something? Is that a dig, Kurt? No, no. I'm just saying I I well, no, it's not a dig. Goalies are strange, but yeah, I I was more yeah I played yeah all of them. I can't even tell you. Like college, I played seriously three different positions in college. In high school, I played them all. So. Nice, nice. Greg, uh, what about you? I I played in the sixth role. Okay. I loved seeing the field in front of me. Nice. We didn't have numbers when I played. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, As I've in, got... like, humanity oh, didn't invent numbers? Yeah. Or <laughs> positional I, numbers. I grew up playing soccer in Arizona and Michigan back when there was no – I mean, I don't even know what existed at the time I I, I was playing – um, I've, I've got an old school picture though of, of my soccer team in Phoenix. So that's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, did you, did you play soccer? 
I played one year in high school. It really just caught on my uh, sophomore year of high school. We'd only had a soccer team for two years. And, and so I only played it one year. I was more into basketball. Yeah. I, I really enjoy it now because the kids and even in our small little area outside of the city, I mean, we have over 200 kids just in the spring rec league. So yeah. It's yeah. Neat. I, uh, I took my, my daughters to the gym a couple years ago, we were shooting hoops and they're like, dad, you're actually really good at basketball. Like, why aren't you a basketball chaplain? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it doesn't work that way guys. And it, and it was funny, uh, in my college, I went out for the college team and, uh, the coach said, I tell this in a podcast, so I'm less and less ashamed of it, but he's like, all right, I want you guys to make some runs. And I, I just kind of eyes down was like thinking through my head, what's, what's a run. And, and I was thinking back through all my coaches and whether they had ever used this language with me before. And I was like, okay, uh, Bobby's dad never said run and, and Jimmy's dad never. And I was like, oh, that's why. I had a bunch of dads that didn't know anything about soccer coaching me. So um, that's why I'm a chaplain and not an athlete, um, except when it comes to disc golf. And uh, yeah, we can, we can share and I'll post my, my scores against Greg Ott here. Um, maybe as part of this pod. So, well, Hey guys, we gotta, we gotta run real quick, but Tate, could I ask you to say a prayer of blessing over the USL uh, for this season, for this upcoming 2023 and just kind of close out our pod that way. Yeah, let's do it. Let's pray, guys. Um, my Lord, we thank you for uh, just the opportunity that we get to sit here and talk about USL, uh, not because soccer is uh, the most important thing, but because you are the most important thing. And you've given us an avenue uh, to be able to uh, spread the gospel uh, by just uh, being chaplains in, in these uh, different uh organizations. So as the season kicks off in uh, the next week or so, Lord, I ask that you be with uh, each and every uh, chaplain uh, represented here and also with the players that are not represented here uh, of clubs that we uh, don't, aren't represented here, Lord, that um, there would just be opportunities, uh, open opportunities for uh, gospel moments through the season, through training, through um, uh, fans, through uh, chaplains, Lord, that there would be time for discipleship. And I just pray, Father, for uh, this season, uh, this 2023 season of the USL, I pray for success upon success for all these teams, Lord, uh, that it may be success that they uh, aren't looking for, but it would be success that you would mark down as uh, things that have happened well, Lord, uh, that players would deepen their relationship with you or um, just draw other uh, uh, teammates uh, to come to know you. And I pray for uh, each and every uh person represented here, Lord, that you just give us uh, windows and opportunities for those conversations and uh, that we would do it with joy, uh, enjoying being out at the fields and out at the stadium, supporting our favorite uh, local teams and also uh, just supporting uh, the men that are playing uh, for those teams. So we just thank you for the opportunity and we thank you for this day. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Tate. Well, this is Rev Brad with Greg, Kurt, Tate and Josh coming to you from the touchline. Oh, what a fun podcast, and I love having uh, other chaplains on so you can get to know them a little bit better and see the great people that I get to work with. Well, hey, coming up next week, we're going to have a lesson from Lasso, and it's the season opener for Season 3 for Ted Lasso, so uh, you might want to watch that if you've enjoyed that show. 
Coming up after that, we'll have uh, another podcast preview with the NWSL. We'll have a few chaplains from NWSL League come on and share uh, kind of like we did today. And then after that, we'll have MLS Next Pro. We've got a lot. There's a lot of leagues, a lot of teams, a lot of chaplains. And I want you to meet them, hear their hearts, and get to know them a little bit. Uh, We'll have some fun games like Crosses with Revs and other things. But uh, thanks for listening. Write us a review in your favorite podcast area, wherever you're downloading and listening to this. Thanks so much for joining us. See you again next time on From the Touchline.